0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Daryl's Daring Thoughts. Glad to have you with me today. Ew, <laughs> today, today we're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart because it's, I've been through it personally. But it's something that I've also have witnessed other people in my life go through, and it's basically basically about. Um, gay men in the church, and um, I wanted to talk about this, um, really because, um, let's see why because I'm tired of just the, the dumb shit I see with how gay men are treated in church, um, and how they're used for their gifts, gifts they're used for their gifts, but when it comes time to actually, you know, show them love and care you know that doesn't happen and you know a lot of people try to justify it and try to you know say that something needs to get over or you know that's just you know you know just don't live that lifestyle yada yada which is fine if you f- don't agree with that lifestyle but then don't use them don't use their gift in the church and it's just interesting how you know the gay people that get bashed are the same ones that are bringing people to your altar and getting saved and I've lived this experience and so I'm just gonna talk to you guys about it get some history about some things I've been through I actually talked about this in my book that I wrote but a lot of you have not read my book which is fine so I'm just gonna give you some little backstory now about some things I've been through especially in the black um, black church and it's just it's it's just ridiculous how how much backlash you know we get um for being gay in the church um so let's just talk about it let's just get into it so the funny thing is gay gay people being in the church is very common it's not a You know, It's not like you're going outside in the grass trying to find a four-leaf clover and you just run across it in every blue moon. Gay people are in the church. Gay people have always been in the church. It's nothing new. It's not some foreign language. They've always been there. And so I don't understand why it's treated as though it's a disease or as though it's something that needs to just be cured and like oh my god, you're in the church. Why why are you here? And you know that shit really bothers me. And you know it's 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 what kind of, what's interesting about it the most is um black pastors. And I'm just talking about um black pastors because this is what I grew up with. Um, I grew up in a Baptist upbringing church, and for as long as I can remember. Black pastors love bringing messages about homosexuality. You know, it's like that's their favorite sin to talk about. You know, there are so many topics in the Bible. There are so many things and so many directions you can go in the Bible um, if you want to talk about sin or, you know, being delivered from certain things. But it seems like they love to talk about homosexuality like that's their favorite. It seems like that's the only damn sin that they know exists in their mind and it's interesting because I don't I don't I just don't get it because growing up in the black church when I was a kid I there was this guy in my church who was he was um a choir director and when I tell you this man was fierce he was fabulous I mean this man can direct He was literally probably the best director in the South, South suburbs of Chicago. Like people would travel to come see him direct. And his, like his directing style was, he was very over the top as a director. Like he was very flamboyant as a director, very, big and his personality and he was all over the place as a director and everyone loved it everyone flocked to our church for that giving their tithes giving their offering doing everything but the pastor would always have something every time the pastor would have a message this particular pastor always wanted to talk about homosexuality like that's just what he always wanted to talk about and you know you need to be delivered from that lifestyle yada 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 yada, yada. And he would look at him. He would just eyeball him like he was just he would really do these things. And I would grow up seeing this. And I I honestly thought, you know, this was a wrong thing to do. Like being this way was wrong. But I was conflicted because I felt like, okay, if this is wrong, why are you allowing him to direct the choir? Like he was the minister of music over everything the worship he was over everything but you hated his lifestyle so why are you using him to why why are you using him and so as a child it it, I was conflicted by this because I didn't know if you're, you're telling me you know this is the wrong way to live I'm gonna burn in hell you know I need to repent you know this is you know God looks down upon this but you know, right before your message, you allowed this man to direct the choir and do all this other stuff. So for me being a young, young um, boy, still trying to figure my find my way and get a grips on my sexuality, I was conflicted on how the church, how the church viewed me. And I also was in the choir. I also was, um, I was a junior deacon, for God's sakes. And and in children's church, and I, I just, I was all these things on the outside well, on the inside battling my sexuality because I knew that the church didn't like it, but I knew the church still, I felt a need to still use my gift in the church. So it was a hard decision to make growing up with still wanting to be involved in church while knowing that I'm gay. Like this was not something that it was a hard decision for me to make. I knew who I was, but I knew that I had a gift that God gave me to use to show other people. And so I knew I had a gift of song and gift of singing. I knew I had a gift of acting. I knew I had a gift of teaching and, and things of that nature. But I was ashamed to use my if this makes any sense I was ashamed to use my gift in the church because I knew my lifestyle from what I was told was not was not appropriate for church so I felt the need to not even want to go to church but not in my household my grandma drugged me to church three three days after week so I would then hide who I was and be a, a totally different person in the church than I was outside of the church And a lot of people in my church did that. I had a lot of um, gay friends at the church I was raised, um, brought up in. And we would do that. You know, we would act differently in the church. And then outside the church, you know, I mean, what did we have back then? We we, We didn't even have MySpace. How did we talk to each other? We just had regular phones. I don't know what the hell we had, how we communicated. That's a good question. I need to figure that out. I don't know how we talked. But anyways, Polaroid, whatever the fuck we did, we, you know, we talked to each other. We had landlines and that's how we talked and, you know, you know, and embraced each other and cared for each other being, you know, gays and stuff like that. Like, that's how we hung out. And like on church trips, you know, we would, you know, hang out and, you know, probably do stuff we shouldn't do on church trips. But that's another podcast episode. But we would, the, the point i are trying to make is we would not do that in the church because we didn't feel like we can be ourselves. And, but we knew that our gifts still needed to be out there. So this one particular um Wednesday night, I would never forget this one pastor at my church who was notorious for always doing a sermon about homosexuals like he was determined and i just could never pinpoint my mind on why every time he because he wasn't the he wasn't the pastor of the church he was just one of the associate pastors so you know they would rotate when they get a chance to preach or whatever and it seemed like every time his rotation came up his ass had to do a sermon on homosexuality and i'm like okay whatever so once so one wednesday night in like a youth our youth revival or something I he did a sermon and I was I was moved by the sermon like it was a really good sermon and you know I cried but my, I was crying but my crying had nothing to do with the homosexuality part my crying had was was about the the other part of the sermon which basically was about faith and all those other things so he took it upon himself to when I I left out the room because I was crying went to the bathroom get some um, tissue or whatever he took it upon himself to take me and five other people after service into a room he said he wanted to pray for us I said okay extra prayer whatever that's great so I went into this room but I noticed the five people that were with me were friends of mine who are were are actually were actually gay and lesbians I said this is interesting so he's praying he starts praying he's praying and then he starts saying you know we're here to pray these demons out of these kids we want to we want them to be set free we don't want them to be gays and we don't want them to be lesbians no more we don't want them to do this and then he starts speaking in tongue and all that other shit and i'm sitting here like wait a minute you drug me into a room without my mother's consent to try to pray something out of me that you thought was a demonic spirit Yet you were a, a drug dealer, you know, before you became a pastor. And then I heard, you know, you, was, you know, you have you cheat on your wife. You were doing all this other shit. You was a big ass hoe, you know, while you were sitting here praying for me. But he took us in a room to pray a spirit of of being gay out of me while you were still doing what you were doing in your life. And see that from that moment, I stopped going to that church. So I had a serious problem with that man, and that's my issue with a lot of black pastors when they discuss homosexuals and things of that nature. Um, yeah, that was that was a very interesting moment in my life at that time at that church, and I, I have not been back there since. And <laughs> that was a long time ago. Um, so one of the issues, um, what another issue that I have is. As I stated, you know, um, gays are very popular in the church. And from the most popular place we see them is the music ministry in a lot of churches. You know, they're in the bands, they're in the choirs, you know, they're vocalists. They're, they do a lot of things uh, when it comes to that. Um, and also, the the another popular place we see um, gays in the church are the pastors. Hello, somebody. You know, there are a lot of pastors themselves that have been... Brought up in sex, um, scandalous, um, affairs, alleged affairs with you know men and you know um and things like that, and um, with so let me see how I'm gonna tell this story because this is uh <laughs> oh Jesus okay so the one issue that I also have is how the church reap the benefits of, um, of the gays. So, you know, there are churches out there that, in their mind, they don't care what your sexuality is um, as long as you keep it to yourself. They, they just As long as you just keep it to yourself, stay behind, you know, stay closeted, don't say your business, don't show it anywhere, don't express it in any way, you can still participate in uh, whatever ministry that you want to be a part of in the church. You know, especially if you're really talented, if you're really talented and they see a lot in you and they see that you bring a lot to their um, production, because sometimes some of these churches use you know, use, um, treat service as a production. And so they, 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 if they feel like you have a lot of value in you, they, they will, you know, use you. Even if they know that your lifestyle ain't, ain't shit, they just will rather you keep it to yourself. And I think that, um, and then, you know, I don't think, I think the um, pastors need to also realize that a lot of people who do go to church, they go to church for um various reasons. You know, the ultimate goal is for people, you know, to get the word and to be fed and to use it to help them throughout the week and to help them pr- um process whatever they just heard and use it in their life and apply it. But certain things happen in the church to set people up for that part of service, they have praise and worship, you know, we do, you know, maybe one or two songs. And then you know, there's a prayer. And then there's, you know, the offering during the offering is there's another song. So you know, the worship part of the service, kinds of leads people into being ready for what the word is about to be from the pastor. And so a lot of people that are part of the worship teams that do that have a very important role in helping the pastor get his message across and you know I have left church plenty of times not necessarily remembering what the pastor was talking about but I remembered a song that the choir sung that really resonated with me and that applied to me and that applied to me for the rest of the week and you know gays and gays lesbians we're they're they're in their choir too they're up there praising and worshiping too so I don't understand why people feel as though what a a person's sexuality has to define their worship I don't you know me being me being a gay man doesn't mean that I'm that, that I don't that God does not bless me it doesn't mean that I can't be a testimony to his blessings and the things that he's done for me. I can't speak on that all oh, because I'm gay. I can't speak on that. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works because I'm going to tell you this right now. God is blessing me right now. If you are a person that believes in God or believes in higher power or, or energies or whatever the case may be, I am truly being blessed in my life right now. And I refuse to believe that if God really didn't love me and didn't care for me because of my sexuality then he wouldn't be blessing me but he is blessing me and I need to be able to tell others about his blessing who are you to tell me I can't express that because of my sexuality that just makes no sense because if if, if we're going to talk about that then whatever your sin is should block you from being able to speak about the blessings and the word that God gives to you And I think that that's one of my issues is the prioritizing of quote unquote sins or like if you truly are a person that believes in sins and and all these sins, then there's no levels to it. You know, there's not it's not like, oh, well, you know, you're going to go to level you're going to go to level hell. You're gonna to go to level two in hell because you're homosexual. Oh, you're a whore. You're gonna to go to level five in hell. Oh, you are you're a thief. You're gonna to go to level five. No, bitch. If there, if you if you believe in hell, you're you're gonna go down there and you're gonna fucking burn. There's no levels to the shit. You're just gonna go burn. So that does so that means that no sin is greater than the other. If you believe in those things, I'm not gonna get into that because. I have different beliefs, but I do believe that God, if God is blessing you, regardless of what you do in your personal life, you should be able to express to others about that blessing because that is going to help someone else, which is the ultimate goal is to preach the gospel to others. So regardless, you're supposed to preach it to others. So that, listen, that wasn't even in my notes but that just I just felt that and I just had to say that so there is um a whole a very a don't ask don't tell policy in the churches as far as people with it what they do in their personal life um what I will say churches churches are probably the messiest ass places I've ever been in my life I thought I don't I you know i have this i I many churches I've been a member of four churches in my life now I think four four churches and I just don't understand I understand that there that there are a church is churches is for people who are sick who need to get well and I get that but my problem is that the 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 bullshit that goes on in the church ain't even the congregation It'd be the people behind the scenes that be causing all the damn mess. And it's just the messiest damn place I've ever been in my life. Like, I, before, before, if it wasn't for churches, I would have thought, like, you know, the, the White Castle on Stony Island was probably the messiest place I've ever been in my life because that shit is trash. But churches are absolutely a mess box. And... It's not, it's like people drag you into it. Like, I kid you not. I, I kid you not. You know, I have this the one church that I was a, mem- um, a, a member of, you know, there is, um, you know, they have worship teams and all this other stuff. And I have friends that were in the worship teams and they did not, that that were gay and they just could not be themselves because they always had eyes watching them. There was always someone watching them, and they never. And I'm like, okay, like, are we gonna go out? Are we are gonna kick it Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah, but no, don't don't put your phone out. I can't. They can't see that I've been here. I said, they can't see that you here at a place that serves alcohol and food. Like, what's the problem? They can't see that you're having a drink. What, what, like, what's the problem? Because they were judging them while they weren't at church, and my friends at the time, they are my friends, they were so invested in wanting to be on the worship team that that's all that mattered to them. You know, I think it, it got to the point to where they felt like that that was the ultimate goal in life was just to be on the worship team, you know, to be on the front line of ministry and nothing else mattered to them. And, you know, so when that happened, they started to um exclude me and other people around us out of our life, out of their lives, and it was very unfortunate that you know and i I saw them set be sat down a couple of times because they were at certain places or because they hung out with certain people they will sit them down and not allow them to be on the worship team, but you allow other people to still be on a worship team who are pregnant out of wedlock or who are not married and you know about the shit that they doing, but because you believe he may be gay, or you believe she may be, um, you know, a lesbian, you want to sit them down and not allow them to worship. But you don't do the same thing to everyone else. And that's something that really truly bothered me. Um, It kind of goes back to a time when I was in, um, I was in a gospel group, believe it or not. (laughs) I was in a gospel group, we were called Vessel. And it was really, it was a really great experience, I will say. When 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 the when the group first came up, I was like, I don't, you know, I'm like, no, nah, I, I do too. I, I do too much of my personal life. I don't think you want me in this <laughs> gospel group, but I loved being around the people, and we just had fun. Like we really enjoyed ourselves, and we recorded. Uh, We recorded a couple of songs and we were in a a part of um, a a gospel, a national gospel competition. And we got in second place for it. Like we, we really, it was a really amazing experience I had with that gospel group. The problem came when we were trying to go to the next level and people started questioning the group and started questioning members in the group. Uh, we had a lesbian in the group and she was like uh, a masculine. Um, she's, she's actually a man now. She, she went through the transition. So, but at the time she was a, a girl, but she um was very masculine in her appearance. And it's funny because some people thought she was a guy when we performed, but they didn't question it, but they started questioning it once we started performing um, other places, because we, I want to say we performed at at least 20 churches or more. Like we touched almost all, every church in Indiana almost. And when, um, when one of the, the, hmm, yeah, trying to just make sure I say right things. So the guy who started the group, um, was very interested in being a worship leader at another church, And so when that, when people at that particular church saw our group taking off, they went to him and said, you know, you're extremely talented. We want you on the worship team, but your group is not a good look for you. And, you know, we had a meeting and so in that meeting, it was decided to kick the lesbian out the group. And, you know, other things happened, but when that decision was made, it truly broke my heart. And I apologize to her later because I didn't defend her like I should, but I was wrapped up in that, in that church as well. And I was wrapped up in everything. So I didn't defend her like I should have, but It was determined to kick her out the group. And I guess it was more because we can, you know, we can mask, you know, our sexuality. She really can't. She's who she is, who she is. And we knew that when we brought her into the group. We recorded a whole song with the girl. Did promotion with her, pictures, everything. She performed everywhere. But now it's a problem, and I just never understood what the problem was until I realized he was being told to do something because of what he thought was the right thing to do. And I just never could understand why we were kicking someone out of a group for living a lifestyle that you, as the person who started the group, was living as well, and you refused to admit it. I was gay. There was at least, it was like nine, nine, i say about 10 people in the group i want to say out of 10 people about seven people was was gay or had the experience so we was just a big ass gay gospel singing group and instead of owning who we were it people got scared and started to run away from it because they was like no you know you can't do that and, and sing gospel music why not why not so eventually the group you know, fell apart, you know, we broke up, you know, and we went our separate ways. I, you know, do not talk to certain people in that group at all. They don't talk to me, whatever, because they truly felt like their ultimate goal was to be on their worship team. And I'm glad that they did that and their asses got sat down later. Anyways, moving right along. So that's where the whole don't ask, don't tell policy can't come from that I was um, speaking of it is a whole it's it's a whole culture in the um in the uh church um where people who do things in their you know private life or whatever it is that they do, you know, just as long as you don't bring into the church you're fine. And I'm not saying going to you know I'm not saying go into the church and just you know a man should be up there, you know, in heels and all that other stuff. No, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that I mean there are churches for you if you choose to do that and I think you should go to those churches but traditional Baptist churches or non-denominational churches you know hell they damn it don't even want girl women wearing pants. So there's just certain things that you have to do to be respectful of where you're the church you are at but my lifestyle is not for you to to try to use against me in a way or to try to say that my worship isn't real because of my lifestyle because that has nothing to do with it and that's the problem that I have um with this particular place and we're going to get back into that we're going to talk about that when I close this um, topic um so the next thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is just the hypocrisy of it all you know there are some you know, music, um, successful music figures, some successful pastors that have had scandals that have been exposed and things of that nature. And, you know, it's what really interests me when people get exposed for their sexuality, it's always the ones who try to hide it. But see, you know, people like me who don't give a shit and I live my truth, You don't know my business. You don't know nothing about me personally. There are people who have spread rumors about me in the church because they were trying to get something to figure me out. But you don't know shit about me. But the ones who were trying to be secretive and do stuff behind the scenes are the ones who really get exposed. So the proof is in the pudding. Stop lying about yourself. Live your goddamn truth and your shit will still be a secret. That's the message. So um I know y'all all know about Bishop Eddie Long. Bishop Eddie Long, he he was a long time um um pedophile with boys. I will say um yeah, it happened for a very long time, and he was exposed. Um, he was exposed and sued back in like 2010 by three guys that said that he, um, coerced them to have sexual relationships, which I don't know. They just, they wanted the sexual relationship with them, with him and the, the money probably stopped and stuff stopped happening and things of that nature. Um, um, he still denied the accusations, but he settled out of court with them. um, there was, um, there's a pastor here in Chicago who was exposed, like his, his news and stuff got leaked and things like that. He's a very, um, successful pastor right now. His music, um, his, his group, um, got, um, his group is very famous and now he's straight. His news got exposed, but the, the funny thing is you heard nothing else about it. Like he cheated on his wife. You heard nothing about it after his news got exposed His group still went on to win Grammys and and things like that. But the gay pastor getting exposed, baby, that was the talk of the town. And I also found out some very interesting things while I was out researching this. because I said, you know what? There has to be some more Eddie Longs out there that we just don't know about. And some bigger people in the music industry that we just don't know about. So who are they? Child, I found out that i don't know if y'all know for, for my gospel breaded people who who know about good music reverend james cleveland now he passed away in the 90s but reverend james cleveland is a very big icon in the gospel industry well allegedly i'm gonna say alleged allegedly this man was sued after his death by a guy. Well, his, his estate was sued because the man said he gave him HIV. So I said, wait a minute. What did Reverend James Cleveland die from? Because how he give you HIV? I said, let me go research how he died. So they said he died from heart conditions. But they said his final death was inconclusive. How the fuck your death inconclusive? You died for a reason. So why couldn't you determine when this man had this man died? So then I did further research in the early 90s. That's when the AIDS epidemic happened. Oop. And I oop. So this man could honestly be telling the truth. Hmm. Reverend James Cleveland. Okay, sir. I see you. Then, um, I don't know if you, a lot of people know this. There's an artist named B Sled. Um, his name was Tone. When I tell you Tone has probably one of the best voices I've ever heard in the gospel industry. And when he came out as gay, now he did a big old reveal when he came out. And he was bold with it. Like, he was like, this is me. This is who I am. You know, that doesn't have to take away my gifts and talent. He was shunned out of churches. He couldn't perform anywhere. And what's so funny about him now is that now he's well, he didn't say he was gay. He said he was bisexual. That's what it was. He was he was bisexual. And now that he's now he's with his um I think his now he's married to a woman and you know churches are accepting him again now. But he had a very it's very interesting. If you guys go um research Tony, he had a very promising career in the gospel music industry like he could have should have been up there with the Kurt Franklins as far as you know um accolades and things like that but he was shunned out by the gospel community because of his sexuality and it was pretty it was a pretty it was pretty he was he it made him depressed of course you know um being what people don't realize for us people who are gay, <laughs> just gonna tell you this: we have a calling as well, you know our calling doesn't stop because we're gay, so our calling is important to us as well, and when your calling is basically taken away from you it's it it it, it will make you depressed it absolutely will make you depressed, and I went through it, so I can definitely um understand where, where he was coming from with his depression and not feeling like he was being accepted by the one community that he really wanted to accept him. And you know, this also goes into a series I'm going to do later about, you know, black down low men. And a lot of black down low men in the community experience this and this is why they don't come out. This is why they live double lives. You know, because they can't return to the same church. They they can't go to the same barbershop. They can't go to the same, you know, club with their friends because they're looked at as though they have a disease. And so the people that they've known all their life, that, that they know all their lives now just throws them out. So they don't know anyone. So why would I come out? Why would I want to come out knowing that this is what's going to happen to me. nah, I'll just, I'll just live a double life. I'll go get a wife. I'll have kids. I'll put on this facade with the wife and kids. So you won't even question me. But on the other side, I'll go, you know, I'll go, you know, do the things I like to do with guys to fulfill my actual desires. But I'll stay married. I'll, I'll still do what you guys want me to do to show you. But that's not who I really want to be. It's easier that way than to for people to live in their truth because they don't want to lose everything. And why should they have to? Why should they have to lose all that they've known just because you don't want to, because you're, because you're the one that's afraid. So I'm going to, um, close this, um, um, episode talking about my personal, um, experience um, ooh, so I've actually never talked about this openly like this. I've told, you know, individuals and people about what happened to me, but I never really talked about this. So a church I was a part of, and I'll just say this, I've, you know, I'm not saying any of this to, oh, fuck it. So I'm gonna say this. So the reason I originally joined, I was about to give some type of speech about, you know, not wanting to fuck that church. So I was originally, I originally joined this church because I'm an actor and I love acting and I do acting at theaters. But when I went to the church and I saw all the theatrics, I was like, oh, oh my goodness a place that actually allows you to use your acting talents and it's a part of ministry that's amazing where do I sign up sign me up so it was like a September and then I joined in November and then that February I was in my first production I said you know what First, that was the first no no. I should have at least given them a like. Churches deserve a whole ninety day probation as well because the shit that they put you through, you don't know at first. You they do churches need a probationary period before you even join. But that's what I should have did, but I didn't. So I joined, did my stuff, yada yada. Started getting very popular in this um, in this particular part of the ministry. And I enjoyed it. Like I love the fact that people will say, you know, when you were this particular um, person, your laughter made me want to smile like you put a smile on my face that day. And I didn't want to smile. But I couldn't help but to laugh and smile because you made me smile. That was all I needed. I didn't care. I just wanted to be in the be in those productions, be a part of the team. I started helping out. I started coaching. I started doing everything. Well, in the middle of this, I was also writing a book, which is the book I told y'all y'all need to go read. It's called, I will never be number one in his life. The story of dating down low men. So I was doing this. My book wasn't a, a secret. My lifestyle at this church was never a secret. I owned who I was. Hell, when I first started going there, I was wearing rainbow crosses I honestly think I was more flamboyant when I joined than when I left but I was extremely flamboyant like I was I never hid myself so nothing about me was a secret but for some reason this book started bothering people and I while I was promoting the book and doing different things with the book I finally I'll never forget I finally released the cover of the book I released the cover of the book on in um, like an October because so I released it. Yep. Um, in 2017. So October, 2016, I released the cover of my book and the cover was just getting buzzed as it should. It's a dope ass cover. And it's a catchy title, so you're thinking people thinking various things. They thinking, oh, he's gonna expose people. He's gonna do this and do that. No one has read it because I haven't released it yet, so you don't know what the book is about. All you all you have is the cover and the title. And I I I did the I did the winter performance. No nothing going on, but when it came time for the spring show, yeah, I'll say that the spring show my producer is making sure I, I, I'm, i I'm, 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 I'm treading it lightly here. So I'm just trying to make sure I don't say certain things. So the spring performance came. And mind you, I'm also coaching. I'm also helping people audition. I'm also a part of the production. I get told, Hey, you know, let's have a meeting. I, and I'm like, who's in this meeting? And then it's like, you know, leaders and some other important people of the church were going to be in this meeting. So they called me and said, hey, you know, we love you. We love everything you do. Uh, your book is a problem. And I said, "What? why is my book a problem? Book ain't even out yet, y'all remember this. Book ain't out yet. Um, this was like January of 2017. My book came out February. So nobody has read it. So I'm like, well, what's the problem with my book? Um, You know, that's just too much stuff going on. You know, we don't, you know, you could be whoever you want, but we don't want people to think that we condone your lifestyle at this church. I said, well, my lifestyle has nothing to do with it, with anything that I do here. Well, we just, is there any way you could just not put this book out? Cause we we really want you to still be a part. We love everything that you do. You know you are in a leadership role, and we ha- we hold you at a higher uh, state. I'm like, first of all, I'm not in a leadership role. I'm a fucking volunteer. I'm not a leader whatsoever. So well well well, you're higher up, and and people hold you at a higher regard. And you know, pastor, and we we just we don't want you to put this book out. And I said, well, my book is going out. My book does have nothing to do with anyone at this church, and I'm still putting it out. Okay, well, if you're going to keep um, continue to put this book out, you no longer can be in the productions, and you no longer can be uh, a part of the ministry. And again, this was over the phone, and I was cr- my heart was crushed when I heard this. Now, mind you, I've ex- I've I've been there and experienced things like this happen to others, but you never think it's going to happen to you. You're going to think, well, hey, they at least value me enough to where they won't do this. But that wasn't the case. So they did that to me. And I was extremely hurt. What hurt me the most about the whole situation was that you're setting me down for a book that you've never read, that you never asked me about what's in the book. But you kept people on that stage that have done things with underage children, that have done things with each other, and they're married. And other people that are gay, people who have done things inside the church and have gotten caught. So you keep them on stage, you keep them in the production, you keep them on staff but you sit me down for a book that you'd never even read or never asked me about. And I was extremely hurt. I was hurt for a very long time. I'm not, I, I, I will say I'm over it, but because of that experience, I have been very cautious about joining another church. I have been like, look, I'll stream your services, but I, I, I want to have a relationship with the Lord without the people. And it's hard because if you go to church, you're going to be around people. But And I'm a people person. So I gravitate to people and it's easy for me to want to do that. But I have been burned so many times by people in the church because of my sexuality. And I personally don't think I need to go join a church that's just for gays to worship the Lord. I don't, I'm not doing that because my relationship with the Lord is not, shouldn't be based on my sexuality. I should be able to go wherever the fuck I want to worship the Lord. I shouldn't have to go to a gay church because whatever they're teaching in that church, you should be teaching in yours. The Bible's the same, you know, whatever, however you want to, whatever language you want to read it from, it's the same. That's going to be there. Ain't where you are so that's my church hurt (laughs) that's you know the quote-unquote church hurt I only say that because people who have never been stung by the church feel like okay you need to get over it or they call it you know church hurt and that's how you act the way you act but people just don't understand how um, a church is like a relationship you've developed relationships with people and when they hurt you It's going to take you a while to recover from that hurt Just like if you were in a a serious relationship with someone You just don't go back out and join something else It takes a while to recover You have to probably go through therapy You have to, I've actually talked to my therapist About what this church um, did to me So I just want to close in saying that You know, if you go to church And you know, you see Or you experience certain things I just need you to just open your eyes And understand that my sexuality is does not determine my worship. My worship doesn't determine my sexuality. I, I, I'm blessed and I continue to be blessed. And it has nothing to do with my sexuality. And I should be able to express my what God has done for me to others, regardless of my sexuality. So guys, thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys soon. To follow me on social media you can go to instagram i'm very active on instagram I'm um, it's cordero underscore santiago follow me on instagram to just stay in touch with everything i have talk about i'll update you on um the upcoming episodes and things to look forward to i'm so excited that i have an email address now for you guys to send me requests for topics any questions you have regarding a topic that I've already discussed or if you just want to vent about something that's going on in your life that you want me to talk about on an episode I have an email address for you to do all of those things the email is you at gmail.com so I'll spell that for you darrow d-a-r-o-d-a-r-e-s-u you at gmail.com send me an email